Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hey everybody, Connor here, flying solo for another episode of our podcast. I had another thought that I wanted to talk about really quick while I have some time here in the studio. And while it's close to what we call the 4th of July, which I always find interesting because the you know Christmas isn't the 25th of December. We don't go around saying Merry 25th of December. Uh, I think we ought to get rid of 4th of July and we need to call it Independence Day. You know, Independence Day. We got to stress that it's about independence, not just this random date on the calendar. So happy Independence Day. And since we're close to Independence Day still, I wanted to ask you a question. I wanted to ask you whether your mom or your dad or you're a kid listening, whoever's listening right now, when was the last time you read the Declaration of Independence? And so now you've thought in your head when the last time was, but I want to go beyond that. And I want to ask you, when you read it, did you read the entire thing or did you just read the first few paragraphs, right? Because the first few paragraphs have the fun stuff. They have the stuff that we often you know, memorize as students in school, right? We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? That, that stuff is, is awesome. These are like the core principles of, of the Declaration of Independence. And so in there, Jefferson wrote, and, and everyone agreed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to the ends of you know, securing our rights. It's the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government, right? That, that's crazy. That was a crazy idea. Hey, we get to just set aside our government and do whatever we want. It was unheard of, and yet they did it. So most of us have read the first few paragraphs of the Declaration of Independence. Uh, we, we tend to stop after the fun stuff. And so what I want to talk briefly about today on this episode is what comes after the fun stuff. To me, some of it is among the most important. So what happens in the declaration is they have all the fun stuff at the beginning. They're saying, here's why we're doing this and here's what we're doing. But then they lay out the reasons why they are doing it. What's interesting in the declaration is they say, prudence will dictate that governments long established, in other words, governments that have been around for a long time, should not be changed for light and transient causes. Right? We shouldn't just like throw it away and whatever. And accordingly, they said, all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms of government to which they're accustomed. He's saying, you know, we can bear a lot. And when there's evil and abuse and government corruption, we tend to just suffer. We tend to just deal with it. And all experience of mankind shows that people just tolerate it. And they don't change, right? And, and so it has to get to a point where it's so bad that they say, you know what, now we're changing. And so they said in the next sentence, when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, their duty to throw off such a government and provide new guards for their security. And so then they went on and they listed out all the reasons why they decided to do it. They said that this is the history of Great Britain. 
And they said, to prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. In other words, this is an open letter to the entire world, this Declaration of Independence. And they're saying, we're letting everybody see the dirty laundry. We are letting all of you see all of the reasons why we are doing what we are doing. And so then they proceed to air their grievances. In the Declaration of Independence, they had this long list of reasons why they were declaring independence. So if you haven't read this in a while, I would encourage you to read it as a family. And when you do this exercise, when you read it, it's not long. When you do it, I want you to also have a discussion about your own grievances with today's government. Kind of a compare and contrast exercise. If these reasons in the Declaration of Independence led these men to abolish their government and fight a war and start a new one, how do those grievances compare to your grievances that you have about the government today? It's a provocative question, right? Because if they were willing to do this for grievances that are less than ours, in other words, if things are worse today than they were back then, what does that say about us that we're not doing anything about it? Or maybe you'll conclude that these grievances in the Declaration of Independence were way worse than what we're dealing with today. And that would be a fine conclusion to come to. So what are some examples? Well, the first one that they lead out with is they say that they're talking about the king. They say, uh, the king of Great Britain has refused his assent, his agreement, to laws the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. So they were objecting because they wanted self-government. In fact, for decades, for centuries, these colonists had had self-rule. They had had local parliaments and councils and so forth. And Great Britain was kind of just neglecting them. And so what that meant is that here in America, the colonists were getting used to ruling themselves. And they all considered themselves subjects of the English crown. They all considered themselves Englishmen, you know, and English women. They all considered themselves part of England, and yet they had this autonomy, this freedom to act. And so here they're complaining that the king is, is not allowing some of their local laws that they pass to go into effect. Another one says he has, the king, has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operation until his assent, his agreement, should be obtained. He's refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature. Then he says, uh, or they said in the declaration that the king had called together legislative bodies at like crazy places, far away places, away from where they keep their records. And then it, uh, it says for the sole purpose of fatiguing them or tiring them into compliance with his measures. So he's basically trying to make it really hard for them to govern themselves, right? It says uh, he's endeavored to prevent the population of these states for that purpose, obstructing the laws for naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither. It's basically saying that he's making it harder for people to migrate to America. They were saying, hey, we need more immigration. We need more people to come to this land. And the king is getting in the way and he's preventing us from making these people citizens of our, of our colonies. He's erected a multitude of new government offices and sent hither, hither means here, sent hither 
swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. <laughs> this sounds a lot like uh, bureaucrats, right? Government employees that are harassing you. He has kept among us, in times of peace, standing armies without the consent of our legislatures. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. <coughs> it says that he has quartered large bar bodies of armed troops among us. He's imposed taxes on us without our consent. He's cut off trade with all parts of the world. And, and on and on and on, right? The point here is that they're establishing a list of grievances. They're, they're listing out the reasons why they felt justified in breaking with that government. And, and so you might say, well, the Declaration of Independence was kind of a harsh measure in response, right? If they had, if they had all these concerns, then they should have taken them up with, with the king. But they said in the Declaration, after listing all these grievances, they then said, in every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned or asked, petitioned for redress. Redress means, uh, you know, have, being made whole, uh, fixing the problem, right? Redress means to, to fix, basically. We have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant, is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Woo, ouch, right? That's a, that's a stinging rebuke of the king right there. And so they're making clear that, yes, we have these complaints, we have these concerns, we object to all these things, but this is not the first time we brought them up. We have tried, we have petitioned, we have asked, we've written letters, we've sought an audience with the king, we've, we've you know, made overtures and attempts to reach out and try. And again and again and again and again, we've been ignored. And the king and parliament have doubled down on what they were doing before. And so as we reflect about Independence Day, what does it mean for us in 2023 or whatever year later you're listening to this podcast? As we reflect on what independence means, I think we have to ask, how much do we have? How much independence do we have? How far have we fallen from what the Founding Fathers did? Why have we fallen? And what are our grievances? I mean, if you look at the government today, the size of the government, you can't imagine what the Founding Fathers would have said about a federal government that would have a like 30, 40% income tax. I mean, when, when the income tax was introduced, as we've talked about on another podcast, it was proposed to be like 1%. And even then there was still a ton of opposition. Because people recognize that it was the principle of the matter. It's like the camel's nose in the tent. If you let that camel put its nose in, pretty soon it's going to put its whole head in, and then its whole neck, and then its whole body, and then it kicks you out of your own tent. And so the income tax started at 1%, but then it was 2 and then it was 5 and then it was 8 and then 15 and on and on and on and on. So the Founding Fathers, I think, would have been horrified to see some of the things that we have today, like the government spying on people all the time. Innocent people not suspected of a crime, scooping up private data about people, right? And, and, and so there's many things today that we might throw on the list. And I have my own list. I have my own, you know, grievances. This would be a very lengthy podcast if I went through them all. <laughs> but the exercise, the challenge is for you to create your own list, for you to discuss some of the things that concern you as a family. What do you have concern with? Maybe it's gun laws. Maybe it's abortion issues. Maybe it's uh, government schools. 
Maybe it's foreign policy and war. Maybe it's business regulations, right? Maybe it's all of the above. But it would be good to have a discussion to say, here's what the founding fathers did when they had all these grievances. What does that teach us about what we should do today? Because this is the whole point about learning history. The point is not to memorize stuff. The point is not to impress people at a party and say, oh, I know how many grievances there are in the Declaration of Independence. Ho, 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 ho. Like, who cares? Right? Memorizing stuff isn't ultimately what matters here. What matters when it comes to history is being able to make wise decisions today, being informed by the wisdom of the past, learning from the mistakes of the past, the things that went wrong so we don't repeat them. That's why history matters. It's all about helping us today, present day, and in our future. We don't need to get trapped in the past and just learn random stuff that happened long ago. I mean, it might be interesting and maybe you enjoy that. And that's awesome as a recreational type of, you know, activity. But, but the core purpose of history really is about improving our lives and learning from the past so that we can improve the future. To that end, as you probably already know, we have two new American history books. These are like 250 pages of pop. They're beautifully illustrated. You can download a free chapter and check out what's inside at tuttletwins.com history. Elijah and I have spent a lot of time making these. Each of these books is like 11 Tuttle Twins children's books all in one. So the two volumes together, that's like 22 books, which is about double all the actual children's books that we've put out. So this has been a big project for us and a labor of love because we are so passionate about kids learning from history. It's the only way we're going to save our country, right? It's the only way we're going to be able to defend freedom is if we educate more people about the ideas of the past and true principles and so forth. And, and it has to start with learning history the right way, learning from history. So TuttleTwins.com slash history. We're running a deal right now. You get the whole bundle. Or if you've already got book one, you can get book two at a, at a discount as well. We've got 200 pages of curriculum that go with each book. So if you buy the bundle, you're getting 500 pages of story-based history content in our beautifully illustrated books, hardback, awesome looking books, 500 plus pages. And then you're getting 400 pages of curriculum full of activities and projects and things like that that go with the chapters of the books. You're going to get 12 hours worth of an audiobook, professionally recorded audiobook of, of both things, and then a bunch of bonus videos as well. It is a screaming deal. It is a huge investment in your children's education. Kids, you're going to love it. I just was at a conference recently, and uh, I think he was like 10 years old. Uh, this boy was telling me how much he enjoyed the, the history, the first history book that he had, and that he read it in like two days and just blazed through it. And and now he and his parents are doing the curriculum and some of the activities to spend some more time with it. So kids, you're going to like it. If you've liked any of the Tuttle Twins books, you will love this one. We have put in so much effort. And if you buy, guys, if you're listening to this early on, uh, still in July, if you buy before the end of the month, we're doing a vacation giveaway where you can win up to four people, free travel, airfare, uh, hotels, food, and everything to go to Boston with your family and see all the amazing early American sites. And every time you buy a book, that's an entry into the giveaway. So tuttletwins.com slash history, but do the exercise, read the declaration of independence, right? To celebrate independence day the right way. Uh, read the grievances, 
and talk about your own. I think that would be a meaningful discussion as a family and let your kids see what you can are concerned about and you know what you do and don't like and and you know evaluate it challenge them have them challenge you and uh, our books can help our books are going to enrich your discussions about history they're going to make it all so much more exciting and meaningful better than any of the fluff in the social studies textbooks that are out there so tuttletwins.com/history is where you can check those out and we'll catch you on the next episode you've been listening to the way the world works make sure your family is subscribed and check out tuttletwins.com for more awesome content